it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is Talk the Plank. I'm Nathan Hirsch. And this is obviously a Bucks Dugout podcast on SB Nation's Bucks Dugout. Really terrible intro right there, but uh, this is Talk the Plank. We got Jake. Jake, what's going on? You just you just missed my terrible intro, but hey, it's all good. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm upset that I missed that intro, but I I, <laughs> I can't wait to listen to it on the playback, but. Uh, happy Sunday. It's been a good day so far. I see you've been hard at work there, Nate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I had some work today. It's been a very long day for me personally, but uh, it, it's, 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 it wasn't a bad day. It was, a, it was a, just, a, just a long day. But yeah, this is episode 40 of Talk the Plank. Happy 40th episode. We've, we've gone all year starting. We started right before the season. Did a season preview. Started with this, and uh, pretty much every series this year, we've uh, we here at Bucks Dugout and Talk the Plank have have covered it. So, yeah, episode forty. That's that's very cool, in my opinion. Yeah, it's good that we made it this far, and we don't plan on stopping here. Heck no. So the Pirates. Quick little recap before we get to the big news of the day. The Pirates won two games out of three at St. Louis. Uh, a really solid performance from the Pirates this weekend. Really good pitching from the Pirates this weekend. Um, our boy, my boy, Mitch Keller. Friday night, five scoreless innings. It might have been his best outing of the season. He was great. And uh, we kind of said this all season long before he got sent down. But 
Can he put two starts in a row together that are good? We'll find out next time, but at least he put together one start that was good. That's probably his only good start so far since being called back up, but he was great. The Pirates won that game 4 nothing. Yoshi hit a home run. That was cool. Um, Saturday, another solid win for the Buccos. Dylan Peters was nice. Five innings, one earned run. And the bullpen was a little shaky. Chad Cole came out of the bullpen, which was interesting. He gave up a run, but the Pirates were able to pull that game out 5-4. to four. And then today, trying to get a sweep. The Pirates are the only team in baseball without a sweep. Could not do it. Their father, Adam Wainwright, uh, spanked them pretty much. And eight scoreless. I saw a tweet. He, he's pitched like 23 innings against the Pirates this year has given up one run. Um, he's just been dominant against the Pirates' youth, and his oldness has been great. But two out of three, Jake, what do you think? I like it, especially with where we were. I think this was a very competitive series. Mitch Keller, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. He was solid. I wish we see more of it. Um, Dylan Peters has been a solid pickup so far for us. Uh, every start he's had was pretty good. Maybe a mistake here and there, but it's not so bad. And then brought today he looked good so i have no complaints overall and just unfortunately we can't ever seem to lock up a a series sweep but i'll take two out of three any agreed and uh the pirates will have a chance to win some more games starting tomorrow they play the diamondbacks who are still worse than them the diamondbacks are two and a half games worse than the pirates at the moment but uh those are definitely winnable games at home for the Buckos. Perhaps I'll try to catch one of these games. I keep saying this, but I've only been to one game this year, and I need to see the Young Bucks. But, uh, yeah, overall, a really nice series for the Pirates, winning two out of three against the Cardinals. And I kind of highlighted this on the pod preview to this series, slash recap of the Dodgers series. But these are important games for St. Louis, and the fact that they lost – two out of three to this Pirates team at home. I mean, that has to hurt. And as a Pirates follower and fan, that is just delicious to me. So, nice weekend for the Buckos. Yeah, it's very delicious, as you put it, whenever we can get <laughs> uh, these kind of wins. I just, I don't understand how we just have these small spurts of, like, brilliance, and then we go back to cellar dwellers within the span of 24 hours. It's an amazing phenomenon to see, but... I, I want to know how we do that. I want to find the formula and how it's orchestrated because that's just something you can't <laughs> you can't just watch. It, it, it's science behind it. But yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take this weekend as a win. I mean, Yoshi Satsugo looks solid and is you know in getting some consistent playing time for the Pirates. I think they might have pulled the or jumped the gun a little bit, making him lead off, play left today. But mm-hmm. um, but first two games the series, I thought he was solid. Kevin Newman's been actually good. I don't understand how, but, um, yeah, he's been okay for us. Overall, I thought it was a solid weekend performance from us. Uh, just, you know, typical Sunday lineup backfired on us, and hmm. here we are talking about not getting a sweep. But, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, especially when we beat Cardinals at Bush. Um, I'll take it. So those are my final thoughts on that. Agreed. An overall nice series. But the big news of the day happens to be about one of – one of the players that is really near and dear to my heart, one of my favorites, honestly, all time pirates for not really any reason. 
Um, he's been disappointing forever, but there was a report that the Pirates placed Gregory Polanco on outright ravers, waivers. Sorry, outright waivers. But so that that report came out. Everyone, uh, everyone got their takes off. Like, oh, Gregory Polanco's gone. How crazy is that? He's gone. I'm going to miss Gregory Polanco. I'm so glad Gregory Polanco is gone. Whatever Gregory Polanco take, it was out there on the Twitter today. But um, then Jason, Jason Mackey came in and says that although he was placed on outright waivers, the other teams have a chance to claim him over the next 48 hours. And if uh, they don't, then he will remain a pirate. And uh, for a team to claim him, it would cost around $2.4 million, I guess, for the rest of the year is what I'm what I'm gathering here. But, uh, I mean, I don't think it's likely that a team is going to claim uh, Gregory Polanco. Like, that's just not going to happen. But I'm also reading that, like, perhaps the Pirates could just outright release him. So, I mean, we'll have to see where we're at in 20 or uh, 48 hours. But what what's your initial reaction to the news of Gregory Polanco? Maybe gone, maybe not gone. What are you, what are you thinking? Yeah, I think it's, first of all, I want to say, I think it's long overdue. I will say a lot of people say that Gregory Polanco is one of the best guys in the clubhouse. And I don't doubt that. Um, but at the same time, his performance, I I think it's way overdue. I would have probably done it a lot sooner in the year, but you got to preserve the tank somehow. And I think Polanco <laughs> was a good way to do that. Um, but I think we're getting our, I think we're getting a, a little too excited about this. Not because I, like you said, I don't really see a contender picking him up. And like Jason Mackey said, well, first of all, I just want to say a lot of these initial reports about this, were just flat out clickbait. Pirates releasing Gregory Polanco. They gave him his release waivers. Jason Mackey of the post that I will say, I think has the most valor behind it all because he at least cleared it up saying, look, he's got 48 hours to be claimed. If not, he's still on the active roster. You know, he, he pretty much dissected everything, but yet you see all these initial reports. They were just doing it for the clicks and engagement. Um, because I, I mean, first of all, honestly, I, my first initial or my re- initial reaction to this was, okay. Yeah. Polanco's, finally gone but i feel like a lot of people don't realize what it actually takes for polanco to be gone i think it's just going to be a two-day experiment now don't get me wrong there might be some team that actually wants to take a take a bet on or take a a file on him and power to them if they want to do that fine i'm sure maybe a change of scenery would be good for el cafe but i i don't think it's likely especially to a contender i don't see why a contender would pick up Polanco, whose numbers aren't really that great. I, I mean, they could try to like do something with him, but at the same time, based off his numbers alone, if I was a contender, like say the Dodgers, I, I don't want to say the Dodgers because they're already stacked up on talent. We already know they're going to go after the top performers instead of maybe bargain hunting. But um, I'm trying to think, who's like a like, fringe team? Well, I'm looking here, like, like. For example, like the White Sox are, they, I mean, they're not a fringe playoff team. They're going to be really good. But the White Sox have been starting like Brian Goodwin a lot this year, who has been much better than uh, Polanco has been. 
But, right. I mean, like, as far as talent level goes, I would say they're on the same plane, and perhaps, like, uh, going there would help. And Goodwin's been playing right field. He's hitting 230, 3.17, 4.10 this year. But maybe maybe something like that if, if they want to give throw a flyer at him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't see a lot of teams that are lining up at the door to pick up Gregory Polanco, who – is hitting this year 198, 277, 343, which I'm looking at that right now on baseball reference. And this is uh just a, this is just weird to me. This is a weird fact. So Gregory Polanco played in the he played winter league ball this past winter before uh 2021. And so I just said his numbers this year for the Pirates, 198, 277, 348. His numbers in winter ball last year. 197, 276, 342. So Jeez. just one percentage point in every category less than uh, what, what he did this year. But, yeah, I mean, you look at it since since he got injured in 2018. He's just he's just not good at all. In, in limited at-bats last year, he hit 153. In 2019, he was kind of okay-ish if you if you look at it, but I mean, no, he really wasn't. 242, 301, 425. I mean, I would take that gladly right now, but he just hasn't been really that good since 2018 when he hit 23 home runs and slugged 499. And um, you know, it's just it's sad to see because. Blanco, I mean, he was a top, top what? A top 10 prospect. Um, he was, he was the Messiah. He was the, the next coming of whatever he, when he came up in 2014, but uh, it really just hasn't worked out for him. And uh, it's sad. So I've always had a soft spot for Gregory Polanco. I've always wanted him to succeed. And it sucks because he has had stretches where you're like, yep, that's that's the guy that we knew he was going to be. That's the guy that you look and he's going to hit 300 with 30 home runs a year. That's him, but it just never came together for a full <laughs> season. Injuries definitely didn't help, but uh, who knows? I mean, like, like you said, he might just be back in two days and this conversation means nothing and he's going to finish the year and he will – be gone this offseason then we can uh have the the memorial service but uh yeah who knows we'll see what happens yeah and i mean i'm looking at his stats too and one thing that stands out to me that i don't think a lot of contenders would take a gander at on top of his big salary which takes a very specific set of teams in order to fulfill that but i'm looking his entire career dude has yet to hit over 260 and i know batting average to some to most might be a faded stat that not many people look at but when you're when you're looking at the bare surface and you're just trying to talk that typical fan batting average means a lot and considering Gregory Blanco was known for his hitting when he was coming up like this this should stand out to a lot of people saying look he is a I'm gonna gonna say it he was a bust when you look at the grand scheme of things and I, I mean I know his hitting wasn't you know, wasn't great by any stretch when he was up with the Pirates. But at the same time, if you can't hit above 260 and you're you were regarded as probably one of the best prospects in the organization, 
that to me has bust smelling all over it. And I don't think a lot of teams are going to look at that and say, you know, that mixed on top of his contract. I mean, why would we want to take that on? I think it would just be smart for the Pirates to just outline it. Well, I forget. How many years does he have left on his contract with Pittsburgh? Uh, he has a buyout next year, and the Pirates can buy him. I mean, they're going to buy him out. It's a team option for like $12.5 million. That's what he made this year as well, I believe. But the buyout's $3 million, so they're just going to sign him that at, for $3 million gladly and just let him be on his way. Yeah, I think that'd be smart, especially if we're talking about extensions with the younger players here try to fade that out a little bit and try to work in more some with like Reynolds or Hayes even. I know Hayes hasn't really produced the numbers we wanted him to do that's worthy of an extension, but if we're talking about long-term possibilities for the Pirates, I think like picking up Polanco's option for another year and if like I maybe if he wants to restructure it, but like I I think we just need to start phasing him out a little bit. Realize for what he is, he's he's I'm going to say it, he's a failed Charrington prospect. He's or not Charrington, Huntington prospect. Yeah. He has not lived up to the success. I think it would be dumb if we picked him up for another year. Um, unless, of course, it you know, he they restructure to the point where it's barely scraping major league level payout. Um, I, I just don't think I just don't think it would be smart for us to bring him back. I think we this season should really stand out. Like, look, he's been in the big leagues for seven years now. And he has yet to really do anything. Like he's had moments of brilliance, but he hasn't really done anything that's game changing for us. I, I think we should just let him go. If another team wants to pick him up, they can sign him for cheap in the off season and see what he does. Do something like that. But as for us, Pirates just need to take it for what it's worth. Say, look, dude, see you later. We're going to focus on the future. We're not going to try to keep living in the past and try to recreate what was what was back in the 2013 through 2015 era just because there is no recreating that that died when McCutcheon left I'll say that right now that died there so it would be smart of us to just forego Polanco say here are your walking papers just take them get out of our sight do whatever you want just don't think about coming back here do whatever it takes yeah pretty much and uh to further your point about the batting average even if you look even if you want to be a snob about it and look at the on-base percentage he had one year in which his on-base was 340 that's his career high but the next highest career high is 323 so it's not even like he drew a ton of walks either he didn't get on base a whole lot so yeah I mean hitting wise just power potential at times but just overall his OPS plus career wise is 93 so He's a below. He's been a below average hitter his whole career, um, but yeah, like you said, they're not gonna pick. I'll tell you what's gonna happen to Gregory Polanco straight up. Even if he comes back to the Pirates for the rest of the season, they're gonna buy him out for three million dollars. They're not gonna pick up his twelve and a half million dollar team option. That would be crazy. That would be crazy even to to even touch it in any way possible even if you did like defer or, or whatever or restructure it whatever that would just be crazy so there he's going to be gone he's going to be a free agent and he's going to sign with another team for sure his playing days as a major league baseball player will not be over after this season i don't think but i will say there's no way he gets any deal that's not a minor league contract with an right like, training. There is no way at all he gets a guaranteed major league contract 
at all. There's no way. It's just not going to happen. So that's, that is what is going to happen with Gregory Polanco. And um, I mean, even if he is, even if he does come back to the pirates, I mean, the pirates pretty much have uh, shown their hand about how they really feel about Gregory Polanco. So even if he does come back, I think the playing time you've already started to see it a little bit is just going to be less and less and less. And, uh, going down the stretch, the final month of the season, September, you're just, you're not going to see a lot of Gregory Polanco and he's just kind of, he's going to fade. He's going to fade away. He's going to fade out from Pittsburgh basically. And like I said, this off season, he will sign a minor league contract somewhere, but yeah, the book on Gregory Polanco, if it hasn't closed already, it is very, very, very close. And, uh, it is funny because I remember the days in 2013 where there were there was chatter of the Pirates potentially trading for Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, there was rumors when he was with the Marlins, and it was before he signed his gazillion dollar contract with them. But uh, there was a package that was it was going to be built around Gregory Polanco and Jamison Tyon, but Polanco was the main piece and. People in Pittsburgh, myself included, were like, no, we can't include Gregory Polanco in that deal. He's he's a top whatever prospect. He's amazing. But it just goes to show, I mean, we look at the prospects now in the system, and we are excited for sure, and there's a lot to be excited about. But the success rate on these prospects, it's, it's tough. It is really tough. And uh, – that point just gets driven home constantly when you see these top prospects come out and not really work out. And with Polanco, I think it's safe to say that it really didn't work out. So it sucks. It's sad. But uh, that's just that's the reality of the situation. So let me ask you this. What is what's your favorite Gregory Polanco moment since we're just talking about him? What's your what are you going to what? Yeah, what's the most memorable thing? I'm thinking back to that 2015 season because I know he was mentioned a lot during that time. Um, I, I have to say it was that weird comeback win against the Cardinals when he walked it off in the 11th. Brown yeah. went fucking nuts on commentary. And I think <laughs> that was the point where a lot of us thought he was actually going to turn the table and actually be something of note. Maybe not the next best thing in the MLB, but at least for living up to his potential or at least close to it. Because, you know, we all watched the Pirates that year and we're like, geez, even the guys who struggled before were doing pretty good. And Polanco was part of that. And I think that walk-off really helped turn heads a little bit. Like, look, I think this guy has some potential. But I think that's my favorite Polanco moment, at least the one that sticks in my mind. Because just that 2015 year was the year of the walk-off. And Polanco and McCutcheon, I know, were parts of that, especially Polanco's against the Cardinals, which, ironically, we just got done playing. And that's when the news of the release comes out is uh, – when we just wrap up against the Cardinals. So, yeah, what about you? Uh, this is kind of um, – this is a different one, but I remember – so I don't know if you remember, but in the World Baseball Classic, Gregory Polanco went absolutely bonkers. He was their best player. on. He was with the Dominican Republic. And he was their best player in that tournament. And that's a team with, as we all know, just tons of stars, tons of studs. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking here. They, they had uh, – where is the looking? 
They had Manny Machado, Nelson Cruz, Robinson Cano, his buddy, obviously, Starling Marte, uh, Jose Batista, who was still decent in 2017. They had all those players. Gregory Polanco was better. He hit 579. And I remember that was in 2017. And it's, it is sad because it was 20, it was spring training basically of 2017. And as we know, 2016, I believe was, it wasn't his best season, but it was his second best season where he hit over 20 home runs, um, had an OPS plus over a hundred was showing the power. And at that point, let me see how old he was. At that point, uh, he was, you know, going into his age 25 season. So I remember seeing him just absolutely rake in the World Baseball Classic, and I was just like, yes, this is it. This year is going to be his uh, coming out party. He's going to be amazing. He's going to be awesome. And um, let's see, what did he do that year? 2017. 251, 305, 391 with 11 home runs. He got hurt. He only played in 108 games and uh, just another another disappointment. Although, like I said, he was really good in 2018. That was the year he had, he hit 254, 344, 99. That was clearly his best season. And I remember too, in that year, 2018, if you remember, the Pirates won 11 straight games that, uh, forced the hand of Neil Huntington to make one of the worst trades in baseball history that we uh, we don't even have to mention it because we all know. But in 2018, Gregory Polanco was a big part of putting together that run where he was, he was electric in the month of, uh, I think, June, July, August. He was really, really good. Um, he helped the Pirates win games, obviously. And in 2018, the Pirates thought they had a chance to push for the playoffs. They didn't. They ended up finishing 83 and 79 that season, but uh, he was really good that season too. But yeah, that, I mean, the world baseball classic for me, I just remember being so excited and then disappointed, but it was exciting at the time. And I enjoyed watching him just absolutely rake up with, with his peers who were all stars and he was, he really showed that he was one of them and belonged. And uh, even though it was only, you know, it's like a three-week uh, tournament or whatever, but he was awesome. So I, I remember that, and it was, it was fun. I honestly kind of forgot he played for the World Baseball Classic. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, I mean, he helped the Pirates to a winning season in 2018. Yeah. I honestly, I honestly <laughs> forgot that. I mean, I looked at the – it was actually ironic because when we were looking up for the first baseman draft, I was yeah. looking on baseball reference, and I'm like, oh, my God, they did have a winning record in 2018. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's not as bad as it was before. <laughs> but, yeah, when you look through all the rubble, there were some good moments with Polanco. It's just a shame that he wasn't the next breakout star for the Pirates that – we all thought he was going to be, but I mean, he's got a chance to do that in this off season. Whenever the team possibly takes a waiver on him, I'm sure one of the rebuilding clubs or something like that might need him and maybe a rental. They may, they might try a Charrington option. They pick sign him for cheap, see if he does well. And if they can use him as a trade chip. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to be sad when he does go ultimately, whether it's at the end of the season or within the next two days. Um, but I, 
he I think it it was long overdue, and I hope he finds success wherever he goes next. I agree. I will always root for Gregory Polanco, and like I said, he was one of my favorite players. And I because I guess I have a soft spot for Gregory Polanco because you know, as a fan, you watch these players. And when you're a Pirates fan, you have to be really in tune with the farm system and, um, you know, the prospect list and everything and seeing who's going to do well, blah, 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 blah. Gregory Polanco was one of the first super prospects um, with the Pirates that I remember where just following his career, I remember in it was probably 28 or uh, 20. 11 2012 where that's when i first heard of gregory polanco and it was him and it was alan hansen i don't know if you remember him alan henson sorry um i remember him yeah it was between those two for who was more of the breakout prospect and henson was the guy for a while and it looked like he was gonna be one of these blue chip type prospects but then polanco just shot right past him in 2012 2013 until he came up in 2014 and uh yeah i mean it wasn't the career that we all hoped for but i think i think too i really like gregory polanco because you hinted at it uh he's definitely a huge clubhouse guy and like i follow him on instagram and whatnot but it he definitely is liked among his peers obviously he's close with the uh, starling Marte, but you know like he I've seen him in pictures with like David Ortiz, like he's friends with him. He's just, he's friends with a lot of Dominican ball players and um, he is well liked. And I think, I think everyone has a soft spot and everyone's really rooting for him to succeed because I think everyone knows deep down how talented he is. And we all just kind of feel bad because it just really hasn't come to be. He hasn't been able to put it together and he has had some unlucky injuries and he's had moments where he, I mean we all remember the giraffe looking catch when he slipped and fell and the Cubs won on a walk-off hit on a routine fly ball because Polanco literally tripped over his feet and fell the gif is hilarious we remember that we remember seeing him awkwardly slide and pretty much tear up his shoulder and it was terrible to watch but that was only a Gregory Polanco thing that could happen and uh we all want to see him succeed. I think I think that is definitely uh, that's a common thought. I think for everyone, for baseball fans, definitely Pirates fans, and definitely his peers want him to succeed. I believe, and uh, I hope he does. I hope he catches on with another team. Maybe, maybe he's maybe he's a guy that in his thirties, he's a DH only. He tweaks his swing. He learns how to catch up to the fastball i don't know i'm just kind of shooting from the hip here but maybe he's a guy that could get his career going in his 30s because 20s really didn't work out for him and he is still pretty young uh i believe he's is he 29 right now i think so um yeah he's 29 right now so i i i think he's gonna catch on with another team and uh I mean, he's going to have to work his way back to ever get a major league contract again, but I'm rooting for him. So we'll see what happens, though. We'll see what happens in 48 hours if he's released outright. If another team claims him, I don't think that's going to happen. 
But uh, yeah, Gregory Polanco. I will always root for Gregory Polanco and be happy when he succeeds. Yeah, it's like it's like the whole Mitch Keller argument. Nobody roots for a guy to fail in the big leagues, but you know we can only call what we see now and hope for the best. And I mean, I think Gregory Polanco, if he like you said, if he just adjusts his hitting mechanics a little bit and learns how to catch up to a fastball, he could be a valuable DH in the AL. Um, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this: say say a team does either take a flyer on him now, or maybe they sign him to a minor league contract in the off season. Who do you think would actually take Polanco to see as like an experiment? Um, so we know the DH is coming to the NL, so I I feel like you could put you can have any team kind of uh like any team is on the on on the table here, but uh, I could see Polanco minor league contract. Um, Obviously, like, I think Baltimore is on the table just because they're so bad and they can just use bodies, so maybe Baltimore. Maybe, this is a weird one, maybe maybe the Rays can tweak him up a little bit and uh, get him going again. Well, again, get him going in general. I'm trying to think of, like, teams that have success reviving hitters who – pretty much underperformed uh i mean obviously the dodgers are the kings of that with justin turner and chris taylor and max muncie and all these players but um i don't i don't know def he's got to be a he's got to be a dh he's got to go to a team that kind of needs a dh I don't know, like, the Orioles stick out to me the most, though. But I don't know. I could see him being a weird Ray. <laughs> I could see him being a weird Ray. They'll, he'll he'll be their opening day fourth hitter for whatever reason. And he'll win the game, obviously, still, just because that's what they do. I mean, that makes sense, considering the Rays love to just take whatever the Pirates don't want. Yeah. Um, Chris Archer t- threw today. Yeah, I saw that. He got yeah. hurt, but, well, whatever. And, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about that name. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the Orioles are a good fit, especially for a rebuilding franchise. They kind of need somebody with that veteran leadership. And, I mean, they don't want to spend too much money. And I think Polanco could be that guy. Um, possibly the Red Sox, if they need they need a good left-handed hitter, I would say, just because of that short uh, – what do they call that in right field? The hitter's, hitter's corner or something? I don't know. Pesky pole. Pesky pole. There you go. I mean, they got that shorter fence out and right. I think they could possibly take a gamble on him, make him a, a viable bench bat if they want. But the uh, only question is if they want to do that. So, yeah, I think uh, I think those two teams that you said, plus the Red Sox mix in, there's a common theme here. Obviously, the AL East. It looks like we're going to go with there. Yeah. Um, I don't think any. I don't think the Yankees. Uh, nah, Yankees wouldn't want him. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to earn a big contract, so they won't want him. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to – I don't think anybody else really. Maybe somebody in the, in the AL Central, like the Royals maybe, maybe. Just because they're a smaller market and, like, they could use somebody like that. So, yeah, I, I think maybe, like, the definitely in the American League, like you said, my viable options are still going to be the Red Sox, Orioles, and I'll throw the Royals in there too. They're all good guesses, and I think – I think they have what it takes to really sign him to a cheap contract and sort of work with him a little bit. And if not, then 
because they all have young teams, so they could have him in the clubhouse as like a veteran presence. And I mean, if he's just trying to revive his career, those are good places to do it. I mean, you're not going to go to an immediate contender if you've struggled your entire life. So, yeah, I'm just going to I'm going to say those teams and I think your options are very viable. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's really hard to tell. You could pretty much roll a 30 sided die and pick a team that he'll land on. But uh, I I really do want to see him get get a chance at some point. Um, I want to see him succeed, like I've been saying the whole pod. But, uh, yeah, we'll see where he ends up after this season. And, honestly, we'll see where he ends up in 48 hours, if he's still with the Pirates, if, if he's somewhere else. And uh, I think that's a good place to wrap things up. And we will be back Wednesday, I believe. That is when the – Conclusion of the Pirates uh, Diamondbacks series will be they play they play Wednesday night so um, all three games seven oh five at home Pirates Diamondbacks and by then we'll have our Gregory Blanco answer so Jake any last thoughts slash what's your Twitter all right I'll start with the Twitter underscore Radio Jake follow me on there. Um, I'm just going to give a quick prediction for how I think this series is going to go. Um, let me pull it up real quick. Sorry about that. Da, 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 da. Just want to make sure I get everything correct. Um, start tomorrow. Crow against Mejia, Brubaker, Baumgartner, and TBD against Gilbert in the series finale. Um, I'm going to say that we win one at least because we struggled heavily last time against the Diamondbacks don't have too much faith about it yes we're in our own home ballpark which makes a hell of a difference but i still think we're going to struggle immensely and yeah so one all right hot take pirates are sweeping first of the year it's gonna happen okay against the lowly diamondbacks it's gonna happen the pirates will have won five of six after this sweep and then after that they go back to the cardinals i believe uh yeah They'll actually host the Cardinals for four games uh, towards the end of this week. And then at the end of August, going into September, they have a two-game series at the White Sox, and they will not win any of those games. But the Pirates have weirdly handled St. Louis decently well this season, uh, which is brings a smile to my face. But, uh, yeah, Pirates are sweeping the Diamondbacks. You heard it here first. It's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, then I will flip a penny into a witching well. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore Hirsch. Obviously, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter at Bucks Dugout. And we will be back Wednesday. So, uh, yeah. Jake, have a great rest of your night. You too. I will as well. Everyone. Have a great rest of your days as well. And peace.